everyone. Welcome back to Cold Coffee. <laughs> How are you? Uh, hello, Kristen. I love it. We've been chatting for what, an hour now? <laughs> Yeah, what people don't see behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, we've been chatting for an hour on Skype. So hello, everyone. Welcome to Cold Coffee, Episode 9. I'm your host, Kristen Hewitt, based in Miami. <laughs> it is 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and my kids may burst through the door <laughs> at any time. And Tova is in I England. Know. How yeah, are you today, I'm Tova? here uh, tuning in from London, and it's nearly 9 p.m., and my kids are fast asleep. I put them to bed extra early tonight because they were being brats. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Can I tell you what I just what? did? So my kids, so let me let me give you the backstory. Mm-hmm. So early morning, wake up, six AM. We had um an exercise thing this morning and then we went to the dollar movies with friends. They have dollar movies today. And then we went to lunch and then we came back and swam and I did the laundry and I made the beds. And I'm like, I just need you to watch a movie so Tova and I can record. And um, I heard, oh, my God, Mommy, she is so rude. I can't believe what Emmy just did to me. I'm like, what did she do? She rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> How dare she? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, you called me away for this? Like, let me tell you what's rude. Yeah. And then I got really rude, and I unleashed the fury of Zeus <laughs> and my children. And they walked away with lips quivering and eyes spilling with tears. I don't think they will be me- being mean to each other the rest well, of the day. Well, hang on. I, I can top that story, by the way. My daughter, uh, I made dinner, by the way, fish fingers and chips with a side portion of, like, uh, peas, because that's all I was making today. And uh, I, I put it on the bar, right? I mean, we have, like, Very a, healthy. You got a veg yeah, in well, there. You know, you know, it's green. And then they sat down and she, my daughter, the seven, the seven-year-old what walks up and she's like, oh, oh, you know, and I was like, what's wrong? You know, what's happened? And she's like, there are shoes on the, sh- on the stool. She just stood there. There's like a pair of shoes on the stool and she's just standing there. There's shoes on the stool. And I was like, yeah. So move yeah. them. But you know, like you almost don't want to even say that. And I was like, okay, so, you know, so move them. And then she just flicks them. Like, they fall. Yeah, yeah, Kristen. She flicks them, and they fall on the floor. Wait, so then I go, hang on, it gets worse. So, so, okay, you're going to lift the shoes up now, and you're going to go and put them by the rack, by the door. So then she's like, ugh, picks up the shoes, and then she falls. She trips over nothing. (laughs) She tripped over air, okay? That air was there to trip her, Tova. Don't you know this? Exactly. Air is the enemy when you have a daughter. She trips over air, right? Dramatically falls to the floor and really hurts her knee. And now she's like on the floor, you know, really wounded and injured. And I was like, okay, just get up and put your shoes in the rack. You don't care. Oh, my God. I said... You don't yeah, love me, exactly. mommy. You don't I, care. By the way, I, she was like going, like she she went mental. So I sent her to the room. I was like, you go up to your bedroom now and sit there for 10 minutes. And when you've calmed down, you can come down and have your dinner. And she's like, mommy, dinner is getting cold. I was like, I don't care. So she went upstairs and then she came down. She said sorry when she came down. But oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
Can I just say that if you have daughters and you're listening right now, if you have made it through the period oh, stage yeah. and the hormone stage, can you send help now? Because if nine is any indication, I have no idea how I'm going to handle PMS. I know. I know. So true. So, so, so true. So I have to tell you what happened today. So if you go on my Instagram today, Tova, yes. um, my Insta stories, Kristen Hewitt TV is my Instagram account. I just showed my bedroom, what it currently looks okay. like. And it's horrific, like bras hanging off the dresser. There's a suitcase from last week that still hasn't been unpacked. <laughs> and um, we have to go on, we're going on vacation this week. And I don't know if you ever have trip anxiety, but I was up to 1 a.m. so stressed out about packing yeah. that I have to pack today. And the trip, we don't leave for three days. But if I don't get the washing done and the packing done, I won't sleep for a week. I just, <laughs> it stresses me out having to pack for a family of four. Am, do you ever feel this or am I just absolutely losing No, my not mind? so much about packing because I just shove lots of stuff in the suitcase. Whenever we go on holiday, I always overpack, especially for the girls. And I tell Mike that he can't put stuff in the suitcase because this I'm like no 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 you've packed too much it's like a running joke every time on holiday he needs to go and buy new underwear because he never he was never allowed to put enough stuff in the suitcase um but I I have a confession actually we're going on holiday in four weeks and I actually told Mike last night and I know people are going to really hate me and judge me for this but I'm telling it to you and nobody else is listening to us so I'm just telling it to you I turned around to Mike last night and I said, I don't want to go on holiday. Is that really bad? And he was like, why? And I said, uh, I just, it's going to be such hard work. And I, I didn't say it in a funny way. Like, oh, you know, when you go with kids and then you need a vacation when you come home because it was so hard. In an actual real way, I actually thought, could you just go with them by yourself and I'll just stay here for two weeks? Um, and he no, said no. I understand, anyway. though, because we just went to Orlando. And we're going to talk about that on the show today. We're going to tell you guys what the show is about in a few minutes when we get through our rants here. But um, <laughs> we had to go to Orlando to visit family. And I dreaded it. I dreaded the packing, the traveling, the having to keep the kids entertained in the traveling. car, the snacks, the, you know, the having to eat different brands of food on the road when you're on vacation. And it's like, it really is work when you go on vacation with kids and I'm not looking forward. I mean, I'll look, I'll enjoy it when I'm there, but I'm sort of not looking forward to it. I don't know. Just all of the angst that goes with packing. I don't know. It's actually the first time I've ever felt that way. Not to say that when we go on holiday, I don't have those moments of like, then I think, why did we even bother? I obviously do, but I do actually forget, you know, like every holiday arrives and you're like, you forget and you go, oh, it's going to be good. They're older now. We'll be fine. And then you're like, at some point, oh my God. But this is the first time I've ever had it like in advance where I just go, why are we even doing this? Like, why? You know, what was I thinking? They could have just gone to camp for another two weeks, but hey ho. <laughs> I hope it. I hope it's a good one. We'll Where see. are you guys going? <laughs> We're going to Portugal oh. for two weeks. But doesn't it yeah. sound? You guys listening? Doesn't Tova live like the charmed life? They go to. <laughs> they go to Italy. <laughs> They go to Portugal. <laughs> Meanwhile, but I'm lucky the, to get a three-hour trip uh, to Orlando to go visit yeah, family. We don't even get to fair. go. To, we didn't even go to Disney Wait. World. First of all, that's not fair because a we're I'm in UK. By the way, if, if people are listening and they're like thinking, "What? She goes to Europe like every holiday?" I am in Europe. <laughs> and second, <laughs> and secondly, our weather is crap most of the time. You know what? I think maybe that's one of the reasons I'm not like so uh, obsessed by with going away this time because we. We're having the best summer on record 
Do you know this? No, I On don't record, know this. ever. Like, the UK, I don't want to jinx it, but it's been proper summer for like a month now every single day. So, like, I don't feel like I need the sun because I've had the sun, you know? Whereas you in Miami, you know, you don't need to go far. What do you I just need on holiday? I want to say, though, it is hot. Like, everybody thinks it's so yeah. awesome here. I mean, I moved to Miami 15, 16 years ago, but it is hot. I mean, it's nearing 100 every day, but it's not like dry heat like in Arizona. It is 100% yeah. oh. humidity. It rains oh. every day because it's tropical season. So by 12, 1 o'clock, it storms. You have to have umbrellas with you all the time because it rains every day. Um, in the winter, it's like 85 on Christmas Day, which is super hot. Like, we don't ever... Now, this winter, we did get a break, and it got in the, like, the 60s and 70s for a couple months, but it's not like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I think Miami is a great place to visit, but I've never thought it was a great place to live. Wait, so you guys, um, Kristen just told me just before we started recording that she might be coming to London in August. Where is this coming from, by the way? Because I didn't like, uh, we didn't actually no, talk I, about no, this No, just more. because of what we were just Tell talking me. about, I feel yeah. like I need to come visit you just to come. I want... I really want you to come. We need to really. get we need to get a sponsor to sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to the UK by the way? So in college I did a summer in Europe and the last stop was London and the first show I ever saw was the Phantom of the Opera there and wow. I loved it. I love pubs, I love ale, I love cider, like I loved I loved everything about it and I've always wanted to go back and go to Wimbledon which is happening right now. And uh, I just loved it. Okay, so let's talk about what we were going to talk about on the show today. Okay. So today we're talking about life in general and how it's okay to feel whatever it is you need to feel. And I want to start with, um, well, I'll start with the heavy stuff and then I'll tell you guys what happened. So I've kind of like talked about how I have a family member that's been sick and you guys all know I had surgery, which has been a hard recovery. But about four weeks ago, my sister-in-law, who is just 50 years old, she's a beautiful model, married to my brother. She lives three hours away. She's one of my best friends, um, found out she has pancreatic cancer. And it's stage three. It's moved to her heart. I don't know if I told you that, Tova. And um, the surgery was pretty complicated. And now we're awaiting chemo. And, you know, when you hear pancreatic cancer, it's it's not good. And, um, you know, I've been just very in a weird place. Like uh, our nanny's husband just died. He was 50 about six weeks ago. And I've realized in the last few weeks that life is so short and I've been really struggling with our mortality. And I know we've talked about mom life crisis as a midlife crisis, but I really feel like I'm in the middle of a midlife crisis. Like I'm very anxious. Any one of us could get sick at any time. When now, when my husband drives home from work because my nanny's husband was killed in a car crash, I'm like very worried about him driving. Um, I'm very hyper aware right now that life is very short you guys like and i don't mean to be like really super negative but it really is like our time on this earth is finite and every single day matters and every single day we get to live and breathe and and be with our families is really a gift and i didn't realize that until this year i thought i was going to live forever i thought everyone would live forever now i will say that i've i'm sure you've had people that have died in your family for me it's always been an elderly person I've never had someone young that I know die. Have you ever had someone young in your family that's passed away or a friend that's passed away? No, no, no. Same, same. I totally relate to everything you're saying. So this has really rocked my world. And 
it's just been really like difficult. And so I was in Orlando and I don't know why I'm telling you guys this, but I really feel like I just need to talk about it. So thank you for allowing me to talk about this. Um, I was in Orlando and I met with a TV reporter who's now a blogger and she, I, she didn't know anything about my sister-in-law and I told her about my surgery and she said, oh my goodness, you've been through so much. And I started sobbing with a Virgil stranger at brunch because she's right, you guys. I have been through so much, but I don't allow myself to grieve. I always say, put your head down, think positive, get through it. It's going to be okay. Stay positive. But I never allow myself to really process what I'm going through and um, all the things I'm feeling. And I always say, like at the end of a year, celebrate your wins. Write down, like I tell people on Facebook and online, you know, write down all the great things you've done that year and, and look back at how far you've come. And I always tend to look at the positive, but I never let myself wallow in the negative. Um, because I don't want to fall into depression and anxiety that I've, I've dealt with for a long time. But so Saturday, I asked my husband for a mental health day. And I sat in a room on Saturday and I watched TV and I watched Say Yes to the Dress and bad reality television. And I ate an entire party sized bag of potato chips and I cried. (laughs) I did. And I cried nonstop for like 12 hours, just silent tears. And it was for my sister-in-law. It was for my nanny's husband. It was for me and all of my health issues. And I really felt like I needed to cry. So the first moral of why I'm telling you guys this is because I just want to remind everyone, and you included Tova, that it's okay to feel what we're feeling. And if you're feeling sad, like you have to allow yourself to feel those feelings. A lot of us, I stuff my feelings. I'm an emotional eater. So I stuff my feelings down and I just eat them down. And I don't allow myself to feel anything because I feel like I have to be something for other people. And this weekend I realized I don't, I just have to allow myself to be. So that's my first thing I wanted to share. Do you have anything to add before I go on? I don't want to monopolize the whole show. No, carry on. I'm, I'm, I, I really am enjoying everything you're saying. Carry on, carry on. Okay. So that was the first thing I learned this weekend. And then I posted on Insta stories that I was on the couch and I was sad and I was just, some days you just have to be. And this man who follows me that is like a very big fan of mine. And you guys, I don't have fans. I'm a very low-key, like D-list local celebrity, okay? I'm an in arena host. I do part-time TV work. But this guy that's been following me for years sent me a message and said, you know, have you thought about trying marijuana? Because you're really depressed and you really just need to smile. So maybe you need to just smoke some pot and lighten up. (laughs) If you guys could see my face and the rant that I, I, the rant that I sent to Toby. Like, first of all, why do I have to be anything for anyone else? Why does it make men uncomfortable that we're not smiling all the time? Why does it make men feel inferior or whatever it is they're feeling? That, like, was my first problem, that women are always told to smile. Do people tell that to you when you're having a bad day? Smile, Tova. Yeah, it's fine. And, and what is your reaction to that when someone says smile when you don't want to smile? I smile, of course. No, <laughs> you do not. <laughs> no, I hate it. It's awful. It's hideous. Hideous. Completely. It is. And, and I, I, I was just so mad. And then the fact that he thought I needed a substance, a drug, an alcohol to make myself feel better, like that right there is the problem with our society. We go to things to fix us, yeah. drugs, alcohol, food. 
and we're incapable of just allowing ourselves to feel what it is we need to feel. That's, in my opinion, why people turn into addicts, because they don't want to feel the depression. They don't want to deal with the problems and the pain. They don't want to face it. So they turn to food like I do or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is. And I really believe if anybody listening to this, the only thing I wanted them to get out of today's show is it is okay to feel what you're feeling. Your feelings matter. They're validated. Yes, you need to get positive. No, you can't wallow in depression and self-worth your whole life. That would be a miserable way to live. But it is okay to be whatever you need to be and feel whatever you need to feel. And if you need to express that on social media, go for it. You don't need to pretend to be happy for anyone. Yeah. 100%. You know, it always amazes me how we've said this before on the show, but we've always also said it in private this evening before we started recording how we go through like we're miles, what thousands of miles apart. And we don't talk every day like we message a lot, but we don't talk every day. And we go we go we always like seem to have like this thing that we do you know what I mean? Yeah, going like through we're on the same wavelength. We're going through the same thing. Bizarre. Things. It's just bizarre. Because when you said to me the other day, can we talk about our own mortality? Because I feel like I've been faced with my mortality because of your sister-in-law. And I just immediately went and you went, I don't know, maybe it's too heavy. And I just went, no, no, I really want to talk about that. Because I was like, literally right there with you. You know, I spent the last couple of weeks writing the book. And when I start, when the whole midlife crisis, this mom life crisis, whatever you want to call it, started six months ago, or now it's a bit over six months ago, I really didn't understand what it was at the core of it, even though I knew that the thing that nudged me or at least gave me the kick up the ass was that phone call about my breast and about the possibility of maybe having breast cancer and all that. But I didn't really, it didn't really click. I have to be honest, like it didn't. I felt like it was, but I it didn't. Do you know what I mean? And everything you just talked about, every single word you said, I, you were, you're like reading my mind. I can echo all of it. You know, I don't want to repeat it because you literally said it so well. I've, d- I've done it my entire life. Uh, run away into food. Um, not so much. Uh, I mean, I, I don't feel like I use alcohol, like in that s- s- same way, but other things, other things, um, just escaping, you know, from feeling, I guess, fear, And I think our deepest fear as humans is fear of death. And I think it's not so surprising that people go through a midlife crisis around the age of 40 or 45 or 50, because you feel like you're in the middle of your life and you feel like you're, you know, you suddenly realize that your past is potentially now getting longer than your future, (laughs) even though we can all die at any point. But you know what I mean? Like when you sort of think I'll live till I'm 80 or 85, whatever you, you reach that point, you go, wow, you know, and that's a massive thing. Um, so yeah, I echo everything you said. I love what you just said, though, that your past is now longer than your future because, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that is such an eloquent way to put it. You know, my husband is 51 and I'm freaking out. Like, he's like, oh, we'll move to the mountains where I've always wanted to live when the kids graduate. And I'm like, you'll be 60 something. You won't be able to ski and bike and hike then. And it dawned on him. Like, I was like, if you want to live your best life, we have to do it now. And I think that's what's taught me what I've learned from my sister-in-law's cancer is that, um, you know, we have to live now. We have to do whatever it is. You know, I want to show you something. I have this card on my um, bulletin board that sits in front of my desk every day, Tova, and it says, you know, all those things you've always wanted to do, do them now. And it's so true because none of us know 
you know, how many tomorrows we have. And so can I can mm-hmm. I tell you something? Sorry to interrupt oh. you. I, I didn't I didn't mention this earlier, but I did. We when Kristen and I started talking about an hour, well, more than an hour ago now, we didn't start recording because I told her that I was feeling quite low and I couldn't really put my finger on why. Anyway, there's loads of reasons why I was feeling low and I feel much better now. But I have one thing I didn't tell you and I want to share this now is that um I went away for two weeks to write the book, right? Uh, I wasn't very far, and I came in and out of the house. First week, I told you I struggled with a little bit of mom guilt. I was worried the kids weren't coping. How was Mike doing? La, la, la. But I got over it. And actually, second week, I didn't come home that often. And I did spend a few days in a row not coming home. Um, and I actually, I'm telling you, Kristen, I haven't enjoyed myself like that in so many years. And the thing was, I really, you say, live your best life. And I know you talked about family. And by the way, I'm not taking away from it at all. But I have to say, to just be able to to live my life. I was like, dude, I woke up when I wanted. I ate in restaurants, you know, like I, I can't even tell you like how... It was just like mind blowing. And you know, I told you in the beginning of this conversation that I feel like it's an anticlimax. And again, I was really happy to come home and see the kids and everything. But I very, very quickly got sucked into, you know, like life in the way that it is. And I know that by saying this, some people will think I hate my kids. And I posted about it last night about how me feeling this doesn't take away from how much I love them, you know? They right. can live par- in parallel 100%. It's it's in Hebrew you say gam vegam and it means like uh, uh, this and this, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? It doesn't have to be this or this. Right. People always think in the in the sense of like black and white, but it's not, you know? So yeah, I love 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 my kids, but also Oh my God. You love I loved, yourself. I loved, loved, Yeah, I loved, loved being by myself. And I loved, loved living my best life without anybody telling me what to do, without having to do anything. And actually, you know what the other word that comes to mind, which we neither of us has mentioned, I don't know if you can relate, is freedom. Free. I was free. Like just a little bit free. And I can't remember the t- any time, like another time. Like I just felt so free. That's and it so is true. liberating. No, it's so free. true. Just free. I mean, it's so amazing when... Bob and I had that night alone a couple weekends ago to just not have to be responsible for anyone. And we went for a walk that day. And I said, this is what it would have been like without kids. And I said, would you have been happy? He said, yeah. And I said, so would I, you know, I would have been happy either way. (laughs) You know, I don't know. Life is so interesting and funny and it's so complicated and it takes so many turns. And I think, I don't know, one of the things that just came to mind when you were talking is having it all isn't having it perfect. And I think no. that's something what so many of us have to, that it's a lesson I keep learning all over again, is that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be what works for you. Yeah. But I loved what you said actually earlier when you said that you took a mental day for yourself. A mental and health you allowed day. Your, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Mental health day. And you allowed yourself to just like cry for 12 hours. I don't think I ever done that I don't think many people do that because I think it's really scary you know like people I well I don't want to talk on behalf of people but I think for me personally I do like you said that's why I turn to like food or whatever because you're I'm scared of those thoughts you know I'm scared like I'm scared of those thoughts and that's why I turn to food or I turn to 
Before we started the show, by the way, I said to Kristen that I feel like I'm an introvert <laughs> who pretends to be an extrovert. You can be an extrovert. You can be an introverted yeah. extrovert. Like that's and a real may, personality. Uh, You're an introverted extrovert. Is it? Yeah, is it's a it real really? thing. Yeah. You know who says that they're an introverted extrovert? I just read Amy Schumer's um, book, The Comedian. Yeah. And she's an introverted extrovert. She hates going to parties. And so does Oprah. They both said on in an interview that they both hate going to parties and having to talk to people. They, they're they incapable of small talk, which is so interesting. Okay, go ahead. So you're yeah. an introvert. No, no, no. It's not. I don't. It's weird because, you know, I don't know how it's explained. Like, it's not a term that I know. I do like going to parties and I do like talking to people. But I also feel like sometimes... You know, I feel like at some point in my life, I guess uh, I was, I felt like I expected to be a happy, 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 outgoing kind of person all the time. And then, and I think we have maybe that a little bit in common. So then when I'm not feeling that, I really don't know what to do. And, um, you know, I took a step back even from my Facebook page recently because of that. You know, I, I'm not doing lives at the moment. I mean, it's summer and people are away and it kind of like worked well. But one of the reasons was because I just, I can't. I don't want to put up up it on a show. You know, I've always said, like, I really want to be honest with my audience. I really do want to be honest with them as much as I can. Um, so I can't I can't sit there and pretend like, oh, yay, let's drink. It's just not how I feel at the moment. But I'm really proud of you that you took that day. You know, maybe I should do the same. <laughs> um, you know, it really and, and I and I wrote about it and how I felt guilty for a minute because I wasn't going to to be there. And but I knew I was incapable of small talk. I knew that I had yeah. I had held in the feelings of you know, my frustrations of my health and I'd held in the feelings. I mean, because my husband asked me the other day, how are you? And I'm like, I haven't felt good in 15 years because we went through all the surgeries and IVF. And I'm like, but I, but I was like, I feel guilty for complaining because I don't have cancer. So I need to be grateful that I don't have cancer. And that's when I lost it that day because I needed to just feel what I was feeling. But I actually shared something on Facebook that I think um, kind of goes with, um, I didn't write this, by the way, but I think, and mm-hmm. it's very short, but I want to read it because I think it goes along with our topic today. Um, because mm-hmm. what you were saying is that, you know, you ha- you step back from Facebook Live, you know, you're feeling a little down, you're not really in the mood to be happy, you're an, an introvert. And what I wanted to say to you when you said that is, well, it's not your responsibility to make others feel happy all the time, you know, like, even yeah. though that's what you do all the time you don't owe anybody anything. And so I wrote, I shared this on Facebook and I want to read it now because I feel like this goes along with our show topic. Um, The question is, what do boundaries feel like? It's not my job to fix others. It's okay if others get angry. It is okay to say no. It is not my job to take responsibility for others. I don't have to anticipate the needs of others. It is my job to make me happy. Nobody has to agree with me. I have a right to own my feelings. I am enough. And I feel like that so much is where I am this week and where maybe you are too. Like you don't need to fix anyone. You don't need to be anything for anyone. You just have to own your own feelings and take care of yourself. And I think if we all did that and stop putting other people's expectations on our shoulders, we would be happier. And here's an example. So we were in Orlando and my little one, my six-year-old is an empath. She is the sweetest spirit in the world. And my my mother, her grandmother, wanted her to do something. And she came to me with tears in her eyes. And I said, what's wrong? She's like, well, I don't really want to do what Nana wants me to do, but I don't want to make her feel sad. What do I do? And I said, Amelia, it is not your job 
to make Nana feel happy. It is your job to be true to yourself and do what's going to make you happy. If it's going to make her sad, you need to, the only thing you need to do is say it in a kind way. And she yeah. said, how do I do that? And I told her the Oreo cookie that we talked about last week and said, said something, something positive, something, then tell her and then end it with something positive. So she did this on her own Tova at six-year-old. She said, Nana, thank you so much for inviting me to the movies. I just really don't want to go. I really want to be with my mommy today, but I love you. And that was all she had to do. And it was such an empowering Aww. message because by yeah. her doing that, it was a good reminder for me to know that I don't have to make anybody else feel anything. It's not my job but to fix you other know, people. But you know, when you said that about her, I just suddenly realized like how, you know, most uh, most of our lives, people tell us the, comp- the exact opposite message. Do you know what I mean? How many times have people told you in your life, even as a child, oh, don't do that because that's going to make them feel bad. How many times have you heard that sentence, Kristen? Exactly. People said that to you so many times. I'm I'm just like in shock. It's I ne- wrong. It never occurred to me. Yeah, it's wrong. And then you, and then you literally grew up with the idea that you could actually make somebody else sad, and that's all. And then, and then that affects everything and how you behave. And it's bullshit. You right. can't and make you, people sad. So we or are happy. We are shamed at a very young age into yeah. ignoring our feelings because other people's feelings are more important yeah. than our own, and that is wrong. And I believe that's why so many women do things with men that they don't want to do sexually because they feel like they're afraid to tell the man they don't want to do it. And I really, like, I really don't, I want to raise strong girls that are true to their own feelings and have no problem expressing what they want. I think your response was just incredible. I'm going to take that one. I'm going to steal it. (laughs) Well, and I really think, and I don't know where that wisdom came from. You know, I don't know. I didn't read it in a book. I, it just, I, I believe that we all have an inner wisdom and inner light, God, the universe, whatever. But, um, I believe that our kids are sent to us to teach us how to live. And in that moment, I learned myself that I don't need to worry about anybody else's feelings. I just need to worry about my own. And that was a big lesson for me. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to steal that one because um, it's really good advice. And I've never thought about it that way. So thank you for that. <laughs> anyway, should we maybe move to not so news? Because yes. I have a really good one for you today. Hang on. We need to make it not so heavy. Yeah, I know. No, but I like this. This is my therapy. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Okay, so um, thank you again to The Mirror for your wonderful weird news. And the headline is, Woman Gets Kinder Egg Stuck in Her Vagina After after Romantic uh, Proposal Goes Horribly Wrong. First of all, can you explain to everybody what a Kinder Egg is? Because my daughter wants these Uh and I don't even know what they are. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't know what it is? No, what is it? Oh, really? What, you don't have Kinder we Eggs We do. We States? have them. I've just never bought them, so I don't I don't ah. know what it is. Oh, wow. Okay, so basically it's a chocolate egg, mm-hmm. but it's like thin layer chocolate, and then inside there's a toy. So there's like a plastic, another egg that's made of plastic, and you open it, and it's like a toy. 
Um, so you can yeah, eat it and play with it. Yeah. So why not magical. put it in your vagina? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a former do- doctor has shared a shocking true story of a proposal gone horribly wrong, which saw a woman end up in hospital after getting a kinder egg stuck up her vagina. Uh, proposals are kind of a big deal. Hang on. I just want to see how this went wrong. We say yes. Hang on. This isn't it. The story of a woman who wanted to give her boyfriend a kinder surprise. <sighs> oh, yeah, because they're, they're called kinder surprise. <gasps> oh, nice play on words. Mirror, nice fan wars, has been shared in a new book. <laughs> it's gone in the book. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, hey, Anessa, man, where is it? The woman, who for obvious reasons remains anonymous, <laughs> is said to have decided to take advantage of the leap year tradition that sees women propose to their partners on February the 29th. For her romantic proposal, she chose to buy an engagement ring. She put it in the Kinder Egg and then inserted it, her, it into her vagina. The plan was simple. She would suggest some finger work. Oh, my God. I just want to point out to all our listeners that I did not read this through before I started reading this out loud. And I want okay, to point so- out that I am covering my face again. <laughs> okay. She would suggest some finger work to her partner. He would then discover it, retrieve it, and she would then drop down to one knee and propose. But what happened? Let's see. Uh, however, what the lady had not anticipated was that the kinder egg would get stuck. How big are these things, by the way? No, it's not so big. It's like, like an this, Easter egg. I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, she couldn't get it out. Uh, remarkably, remarkably, she was so keen to maintain the surprise, she wouldn't tell him what she had done or why. So basically, they went to this doctor and he got it out. That is possibly the funniest story I've heard all day. Well, that one trumps mine. That one trumps my story, but I'm going to read this one anyway. 2,505 women in Ireland break world's skinny dipping record. There was a wave of excitement at Ireland's Magermore Beach this past weekend, and that's the naked truth. It was Ah. the Guinness World Record for largest skinny dip, and they also raise money for local charity, and they show the pictures in this article uh, the ne- the last one, the biggest one, was only 786 people back in 2015. Um, the The water temperature was 53 degrees, which hell to the no, I would not go in. Uh, wow. Deidre Betson said, oh, my God, it was amazing. I've never been naked in front of anyone before except my husband, and it was brilliant and bracing. It was great crack. C-R-A-I-C? What does that mean? Great crake? What does that mean? So crack is like fun, but it's also Um, a play on words with crack your ass, yeah? Oh, I see. So, um, and it's basically they were giving a big feck you to cancer. So they were raising money for cancer. Um, I love my sister-in-law, but I will not be skinny dipping on your behalf, but I will do whatever I can to raise money. But but you know, you asked me earlier if I I ever had uh, done skinny dipping. Like basically in in the nude. Yes, I have, and actually, it is a lot of fun. Publicly, or was it at night, or like with a boyfriend? No, no, publicly, and we can talk. You know what? We should do a whole uh, ep- uh, episode about nudity. I have like I have a lot to say about it. A lot. So we well, should good. do that. So next I'll time. listen and bring some popcorn and uh, listen to you <laughs> tell your stories because I have no stories to tell. I 
love it. But I will I be happy it. to okay. listen and egg you on. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, I am sorry for such a heavy show today, but it just has been on my mind and in my heart. And I really wanted to share what's been going on because I haven't gone public with it. I haven't talked about it on my blog, on my Facebook page. Um, I felt like this was a personal story I could only share with you, Tova. So I wanted to share it here. Um, so thank you for allowing me a place to do that. Pleasure. Thank you very much for everybody who's listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Have an amazing week. Bye, Kristen. Bye.